Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's back. The Podfather is back, baby. And Hero RB is back. Oh, Hero RB is back, baby, back. Because players matter. Players matter. What players are available matters. Last year was a zero RB year. Why? It started with Rashad White. Box stuffing, prototypical hero running back available in the seventh, eighth round is a gift. It is a gift on par with Jamal Charles in 2012. Then you look at the running backs that were going early. You have Austin Eckler, undersized, well past the AJ pack. Saquon Barkley on the Giants. Bijan Robinson, a rookie on a bad team. Nick Chubb, not a pass catcher. Derrick Henry, not a pass catcher. And on and on and on and on down the list. Yes, there's Christian McCaffrey, the great Christian McCaffrey exception rules. Of course, you want Christian McCaffrey, but you had drafted him in the top three. You're in the five slot, the six slot, seven slot. A lot of people are going Bijan, Saquon, Eckler. Fail, fail, fail. Those are not hero running back prototypes. But, 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 we have two running backs, two, that are in the absolute sweet spot. It's so perfect. We have a running back on the Jets that was second in weighted opportunities. Number one in evaded tackles. Third in yards per route run who is the clear-cut number two receiver on his team, the second option, the clear second option on the Jets. And the beauty is he rushed for under 1,000 yards last year. He didn't light it up. He wasn't a top five running back in fantasy points per game. That's a gift. He hasn't had his 20-plus fantasy points per game breakout season yet, but he's in his third year in the league. He's going to be 23 years old, the best possible age to have a running back in this league. The opportunity the production, the efficiency, it is all there. Check, 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 check. If I had to pick one running back that said, hey, this guy has the upside to outscore Christian McCaffrey in 2024, it would be Brees Hall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guy runs a sub 4-440, and he's a downfield pass catcher. Look at the yards per route run the last two years. When you look at his college resume with his size and his efficiency metrics at the NFL level, you could argue in a vacuum, Brees Hall is the most talented running back in the league, and they're going to get their quarterback back. They're going to upgrade the offensive line. These are all things that are going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is hungry. Aaron Rodgers is controversial. And he could have come back. If they were competing for a playoff spot, he would have come back. He could have. He's going to come back at 100%. He wants to have a swan song season desperately, desperately. Now he's the embattled Aaron Rodgers. It's just perfect. It's just, it's so perfect. Like the moon, the stars, everything aligning perfectly in the sky for Brees Hall. So just, Draft him. Just draft him. Just push the button. Because we don't have a Travis Etienne in the fourth round like we did last year. We don't have a Rashad White in the seventh round like we did last year. And man, thank you for all the emails, the comments on Patreon. I appreciate it very much. 
patreon.com slash podfather. You enjoy the shows we have on this network. That's how you support the creators. Man, man, it's going to be hard to beat last year. Oh, yeah, great victory lap. Well, okay, we did suggest late round darts on a Kenneth Gainwell, on a Roshan Johnson. Those didn't work out, but we're going right back to the well. The process was right with Gainwell. The process was right with Roshan. We're going right back. That's why it's here, RB. You don't have to be robust with RB. There's plenty of late round guys we love. Roshan Johnson all day. Oh, yes. And we'll talk more about Texas Longhorn running backs after this. Oh, yes. Your name B. John Robinson? Name B. John Robinson? Oh, I love you. All the reasons I was skeptical of B. John last year, like, I think Tyler Algiers is going to fade away into the night. No. Go look back at Christian McCaffrey's rookie year. But Arthur Smith and Ron Rivera, they don't care about your fantasy team unless you have Brian Robinson. Then Ron Rivera wants to make sure you're doing great. You're doing great. So my rule is the particular type of player that I do not draft are the running backs that aren't particularly talented that have been steamed up because they had an unsustainable 2023 season and are staring at a windfall of opportunity in 2024. It just it feels so good. It feels so right. Yeah, I just love this guy. How do you not love Kyron Williams? How do you not love Brian Robinson? <laughs> right? I just love the dichotomy between Brian Robinson and Bijan Robinson. Of course, Bijan's going earlier in drafts, as he should. Everybody knows. He actually had 58 catches on route to 487 yards as a receiver. 12 more catches than Brian Robinson, a lot more yards, but fewer touchdowns. Right, that's what Brian Robinson gave you the touchdowns. Right, Brian Robinson led the league in yards per reception, but he's is a slug. If you just break a couple long runs, if you're just right place, right time, defender falls down, wrong defensive call, the wrong time, screen pass, swing pass, wide open, no one in front of you, green grass, you're gone. That's every running back in the NFL can do that. Gus Edwards did it, and he wasn't fast before the ACL tear. I love Brian Robinson's. Story. I love his toughness, his tenacity, his perseverance, but he's not a good football player. He's a guy. He is the guy that will catch the dump off passes. He is a guy that will find the hole and will run hard at the hole. He will do those things. He is a perfectly functional NFL running back whose efficiency was unsustainable, was not aligned with his talent profile, with his workout metrics, with his college resume. Guy caught 35 dump offs at Alabama. 35. D- 35 dump-offs. Couldn't crack 300 yards in college. That's how hard that is to do in college. You're a college running back, and you're putting up well below 10 yards per reception. That's pathetic. Think about all the other skill position players that defenders are having to account for when they play Alabama, and you can't even put up 300 yards on 35 catches in college? Well below average, agility, burst, There's nothing there that suggests, oh, this is an explosive playmaker in the league, yet he found his way into the right situation. He got the ball at the right place at the right time. That's all that is. I would never draft him. Never. Never. He can't hurt you. Brian Robinson cannot hurt you by avoiding him. The only way Brian Robinson can hurt you is by drafting him. Same thing with Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams can't hurt you. I promise. It it seems like he could because you remember those 30-point games, but that was a moment in time. I can promise you this. When the Rams go sign a splashy running back or draft a running back on day two, 
So I'm like, oh, really? I guess I oh, now I have to recalibrate my assumptions. Like, yeah, well, of course. I mean, what? It's Kyron Williams. It's a smaller Brian Robinson. I mean, what are we talking about here? I have a that season here. No, man. Zoom out. The Bijan Robinson is somehow underrated. See, this is the year you're drafting at the five spot, the six spot, the seven spot. You're drafting in the first round. I say push the button on Bijan. It's only going to get better. Their offensive line took a step back last year. It's going to get better. The quarterback position can only get better. The offense is only going to get better with new coordinator. And he's going to get better. Every rookie will tell you, oh, the first year is a real learning experience to get acclimated to the league. B. John Robinson had to get acclimated? Take Brian Robinson, right? Let's take Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson goes from nine catches as a rookie to 36 catches as a sophomore. Brian Robinson got acclimated. What do you think Bijan's going to do? Bijan had 58 catches as a part-time player, right? Think about it. His opportunity share was 52.5. His weighted opportunities, 263. So he's fifth in weighted opportunities on playerprofile.com which puts a premium on targets over carries, but his opportunity share, his total share of the backfield touches, targets and carries, was half. Think about that for a second. When he was on the field, he smashed. 86 targets was number three in the NFL, but he dropped a bunch of passes. He dropped seven passes. He ran the most routes of any running back in the league. He was running a route on 72.6% of the snaps. What? And I'm not sure whether he or Kyle Pitts is a better receiver. Kyle Pitts has not shown anything. I could argue Bijan Robinson is in a similar situation to Brees Hall. I mean, the only difference between Bijan and Brees Hall is you could argue that Brees Hall's in a better situation because there's even fewer receivers to command targets, and, and Aaron Rodgers is better than whatever quarterback Atlanta's going to get. Maybe we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Atlanta. But, you know, at the end of the second round, I want a running back. Like, by the end of the second round last year, I was like, oh, I can't wait to just load up on receivers. I'm happy to go receiver, receiver, receiver. Or, you know, some elite receiver early, Jamar Chase, and then Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. That faded at the end. Not great process-wise. I think strong. I think if you draft Jalen Hurts, if you draft Josh Allen, you're going to be very happy. A lot of people that drafted quarterback very early last year, the Mahomes, the Hurts drafters, they underperformed. Those teams underperformed. And same thing with those that drafted running back early. You can take advantage. See, last year was the year to load up on receivers early. Now everyone's going to be going, hey, oh, wait, wait, last year I should have gone zero RB. So then this year I'm definitely going to go zero RB. Okay, I'm going to learn my lesson. No, no. That was last year. Look at the board. Look who's available. There's no Rashad White in the seventh round. Bijan Robinson's now a full-blown stud ready to destroy the world. Brees Hall has the league by the balls. It's time to get excited about the running back position, the quarterback position. There's a lot of second-year wide receivers that are teed up to exceed expectations. Best example, Michael Wilson. It's called conviction. All the reasons I like Michael Wilson last year haven't gone away. All the reasons I like Roshan Johnson haven't gone away. Going right back, right back to it. There just happens to be a lot of receivers sprinkled throughout the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Even Jalen Waddle is a value. So less exposure to early round wide receivers, more exposure to first, second round running backs, go back to the well at quarterback, round three, round four, smash those big mobile quarterbacks, take advantage of the adjustments that were made 
and just go back to the same process that works year in, year out, and let your league mates and all your competitors in these best ball leagues just fall down around you. You're following the same process you've been following year in, year out, knowing the type of running backs that you want. If you're going to spend up, they have to check these boxes. And if those types of running backs don't exist, you're just not drafting them. This year they exist, so you're drafting them. Those premium quarterbacks, they exist, so you're drafting them. And that means not as many premium rounds you can devote to wide receiver this year as last year. That's okay. That's okay. Fortunately, we've had this incredible influx of talent at the wide receiver the last few years, and there's going to be a bunch of rookie wide receivers coming in that are poised to exceed expectations. Oh, yeah. Similar process there. Hey, find wide receivers that are the second wide receiver on their team that were just overshadowed, like Justin Jefferson was overshadowed by Jamar Chase. People take the same team. Who's a guy on LSU that was overshadowed last year? Oh, super generic name, Brian Thomas. Damn lad McConkey wowed at the Senior Bowl. Spoil that. We do have our top small school wide receiver in Malachi Corley. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Roman Wilson. Oh, yeah. Just just percolating below the surface. Jalen Polk, another number two receiver, overshadowed by a top three wide receiver. Fantasy football doesn't have to be hard. And Jonathan Brooks, I mean, Jonathan Brooks. Guy's 20 years old. We'll talk to Ray Garvin about Jonathan Brooks. I love him. He's the guy I'm circling. He's the guy I want. But we'll ask Ray Garvin. The guy's coming off a torn ACL. I think he should be higher in the dynasty rankings. Our dynasty rankings are always getting calibrated based on ADP, based on how prospects are performing during the process. As the news comes out about Jonathan Brooks, I expect him to go up. I expect him to rise. Why not? He is the true box-stuffing running back in this class. And we've seen players come back after nine months, nine months post-surgery of ACL tears. Drafting Brees Hall in the third and fourth round last year made no sense. But drafting Jonathan Brooks in the double-digit rounds makes all the sense in the world. And here's a, a back-of-the-napkin rule that you can follow. If you're drafting Brees Hall, you're drafting Bijan Robinson, you're signing up to not draft a running back forever. Go draft Bijan or Brees Hall and then be the last player in your draft to select a second running back. I'm talking about best ball and dynasty. A lot of these rules apply to both best ball and dynasty. Most people are just so focused on just got to get my wide receivers in single quarterback dynasty leagues, got to get my quarterbacks in super flex dynasty leagues, and the Brees Halls and the Bijan Robinsons, they slip a few picks. Those are dynasty building block running backs. I'm in. I wasn't drafting any running backs early in dynasty last year. Wasn't doing it. Not doing it. This year, oh, I'm in. Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. It just, my sensibility is that I prefer a guy like Brees Hall, the guy that's getting all the touches with the size and you know, checks all the boxes. A Brees Hall, a Bijan Robinson. I tend to gravitate more towards those guys than, say, a Jameer Gibbs. But I also understand when you go to our dynasty rankings, you see Jameer Gibbs number one. RB1. That's because top dynasty gamer Theo Greminger believes he's number one. Our analytics team believes he's number one. Our AI engine believes he's number one. And so player profiler is bigger than just me now. I've been doing this for 20 years, and this is not the type of running back I tend to prioritize in dynasty. I want the guy that's going to get all the touches for the next four years, but I also understand it's difficult to project more upside onto any running back than Jameer Gibbs. I get it. I get it. This is the year. Gibbs, Brees Hall, B. 
Bijan Robinson, Christian McCaffrey. What a time to be alive. After all those running backs flamed out last year. What a time to be alive. What a year. I couldn't believe so few fantasy analysts were touting zero RB last year. And I'm thrilled about these running back ADPs. I'm just I'm, I'm ecstatic. Let's go. Hero, 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 hero. And Ray Garvin. My man Ray Garvin is a hero for our time. He and I go way back. He was the original host of the Future Cast on Player Profiler. And a podcast that has since been discontinued, the Breakout Finder podcast. So let's let's go talk to one of my best friends in the industry. Be sure to follow him at RayGQQUE on Twitter. Or X. Welcome to the Mind of Mansion program. The founder and CEO of Destination Devi, one of the best dynasty minds on the planet. One of my good friends in this industry. Just a great guy. Just the greatest. Here with me today, Ray Woo! Talk to me. Let's go. I'm fit. You know. People don't know what happens behind the scenes, but we're both, we're talking business stuff and it's kind of boring, but we know we got to do it. And then you get in, you get in the rhythm, baby, and you get me, go I'm ready. Like now I'm ready. You feel it, Matt? I feel it. We It's, it's needed. I was just going to go into some more questions and I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. We haven't done the real introduction yet. We need to talk about Ray Garvin and I need to get in this voice. <laughs> I need to do this voice, this voice, this big voice. Oh okay. man, it's fun, man. Yeah, this is yeah. this is why we do this. This is how I got started close to ten years ago. Our anniversary is coming up. I forgot, and Theo at one point asked me, well, you know, when we started the company or whatever, and I said okay. It was, and then he reminded me, he's in a couple months. You know, we have the anniversary, and I was like, the the what anniversary? He's like the ten year anniversary, the ten year anniversary, and player profiler. Everything started with the podcast. Everything started with just turning a microphone on. It used to be that I used to call a landline. That's how I used to record with blog talk radio. You would call a landline and basically talk with no one on the other end. It's just a recording, like talking into an answering machine. And then that would get published as a podcast. That's how it used to work. So that's what I started doing and then built Player Profiler to help me podcast. And now we're here. I was I was retweeting. I honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was retweeting your tweet to tell people to come join. So I did not really hear much of anything that you said. But I'm happy to be here, Matt. I'm happy to freaking be here. <laughs> it was it was a it was a, uh, a basic history lesson on uh, the the founding of Player Profiler and this podcast. And the larger point is this is what I do. This is what I'm born for. This is what you're built for. What I'm built for. Yes, sir. To go take it a step further, it's to get on these mics and talk rookies. That's where it's the most fun. And so just tell us right away, hook us in. What rookie has you the most excited? Oh, let's get it, baby. We we spent five minutes talking about how terrible the running backs are and nobody wants them anymore and yada, yada, yada. But I do think there is one. And I'm a sucker for SEC running backs. If you produced in the SEC, I like you. 
And if you're five foot 11, 210 plus pounds, I like you a little bit more. If you're good between the tackles and can be deployed as a pass catching weapon with that, with elite speed, I like you even more. He's been getting some buzz, but Jalen Wright out of Tennessee is my dude. Like I am a big, big fan of Jalen Wright and nobody really knows who he is right now. But I promise you, after the combine, when he tests and he measures and he runs, that Tennessee running back just rushed 4,000 yards, 20 receptions this year, playing with Joe Milton, who is not good. I will just say that, not good. This young man has a chance, I think, to move his way up. And I think Dynasty Gamers are thirsting for a running back, a true one that can come in and play. They may not be Bijan or Gibbs, but... You can see a role in which they get some opportunity right away, a la David Montgomery when he was in Chicago. Jalen Wright out of Tennessee is a dude that I'm very, very excited about, Matt. The running back I'm most excited about is going to be discussed later in the show. And you hit on something. You may, you may, you, I think it was a very clever attribute, which is ready to play right away. So the, the hint that I'll give right, is that the guy I love – that where I'm at that level uh, is not going to be ready to play right away. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Just did you have any thoughts on the Super Bowl before we get into uh, you know uh, particular players on particular teams? I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. I, fine. Um, fine. I thought it was fine. fine. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Fine. I thought it was fine. It's not. Fine. What I was more interested in, I wanted to see like the double overtime because we've never gotten that. I wanted to see it go enough, like just play another quarter of football. That would have been cool. Uh, it it was fine. I thought it was pretty poor at the start, and uh, it was fine. It was fine, Matt. It was bad football. Good defense, I guess, <laughs> for the first half. Right? Uh, they they finally worked their way into it. Yeah. I was happy that other people enjoyed it. Okay. okay, I was happy. My, my daughter enjoyed it. It was a. It was for a very broad audience. It was the second most watched broadcast in the history of television. I did not know that. You know the first? I do not. The moon landing. It was second to the damn moon landing. That's right. It's it's these are facts. I'm, I'm not making this up. In the chat, let us know. I mean, am I wrong? I read this. It was it fake news. I I think that it was the second most watched broadcast. Since the moon landing. Yeah. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. Wow. Uh, And no matter what, though, no matter what, no matter how many people are watching, it seems that a particular wide receiver does not get enough credit. And that is Rashi Rice. Why? He should be so hyped right now. I honestly think it's a a simple answer, Matt. It was it's Clyde Edward Elaire and Sky Moore's fault. I think it's those two players faults. Fantasy gamers were burned so bad by Clyde in 2020. And then we got so excited by the advanced metrics of Scott Moore a couple of years ago and thought he could be a thing. And when those guys failed and Kansas City took the wide receiver that people didn't know a lot about, just another SMU guy in the second, ah, I, they don't need him. I, I don't think fantasy gamers truly came around to how good Rasheed Rice was for the Kansas City Chiefs and amongst his peers in the 2023 rookie class. And it it never caught up. Like it ne- his true value and never. worth never caught up to what he was giving you. That's what I, that has to be it. That it, it, if he were a first round pick, if he had any like major traction heading into the season, it would have been a totally different story, right? But the, it, for some reason, every no one was 
excited. No one was pushing him up boards. It, even Sky Moore, right? The year before was <laughs> w- was getting vaulted, yes. right? And it's just, you're right. I think it was Sky Moore PTSD is what happened. Uh, and <sighs> yet, to a lesser extent, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But that's okay. We, now we it's, we're, we're done. He was awesome. He's going to be the number one option. Travis Kelsey is fading. He's rising. It's Patrick Mahomes. There's really nothing else to say. It's it's that easy. That's like the young wide receiver I would overpay for is Rashi Rice. Now, looking at teams around the league, and you know maybe what do you think is going to focus on offense in the in the draft, and, and is that team potentially going to be the next Houston Texans? Like I'm looking for that next sort of rookie stack. Stroud Dell was such an incredible rookie stack. Who could be that team this year that everyone is projecting to, to win three games that wins nine games, ten games? Oh, this when I saw this on the show sheet, I thought this was such a such a difficult question to answer because there wasn't a soul, Matt, who thought Houston would be any good, including the Arizona Cardinals, who traded for their pick that's like 23rd now in the draft. Nobody knew that. Nobody predicted that. So I'm trying to think of a team, not one that's kind of good, but one that was dog shit last year. Yes. That can truly turn that thing around. And you've got rookie quarterback to rookie wide receiver combination. And this is a very difficult thing for people to understand because, Matt, we ain't seen it in like 23 years, man. It's been status quo for over two decades. But the New England Patriots, I think the New England Patriots are the team that if they take the right quarterback at three, they will 100% go with a wide receiver in round two. It's going to happen. They have no talent. You got to take a receiver. But that team, the roster isn't terrible, but people view them very, very bad. Quarterback upgrade, you've got to find somebody on the outside. You've got a competent running back that can take some pressure off of your young quarterback. But that's a team that nobody is thinking anything of. This season, they play in a tough division. But I think the New England Patriots are the one that can pair up rookie quarterback with rookie wide receiver, and there be some sort of success for us now and in the future. That's an incredible answer. I I didn't have an idea in my head. I mean, I'm asking these. Uh, these are just honest, straightforward, open-ended questions. Please let me know what you're thinking. I had n- that was not on my radar. That's so yes, yes. They're gonna go quarterback and wide receiver. They have. Their wide receiver room is completely depleted. They're <laughs> definitely going to draft a quarterback. and But they have these other pieces on defense where they could be competent. They could also have a good draft overall, mm-hmm. right? And they could add some defensive pieces, offensive line pieces in the draft and in free agency. And Houston ownership is old as well. That makes sense. Right? The McNair family. They're not spring chickens. Oh my God. Did I really say that? Who's Houston's head coach? D'Amico Ryans, right? Defensive guy. Yeah. Who's the new New England Patriots head coach? Gerard Mayo, former defensive guy. Got to make sure you get the offensive pieces in place. They got Van Pelt, I believe, calling the off. I'm just saying that's a spot. Yeah, maybe Kraft is not here to rebuild. No, 
That is, oh my God. Yes, 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 Ray, yes. Oh my God. Okay, so given that, you know, who do you think the Texans' primary back is going to be? <laughs> oh, probably not on the roster. Right. Good chance. Good chance they're not. Good chance he's not on the roster. Um, if Devin Singletary will take a, a team-friendly deal, then it'll be him. It'll be him. If not, I, I'm not going to say it's Damian Pierce. I think that ship has sailed. And you know what? What is what does Devin Singletary want right now? Does he want to go bag chase for whatever that may mean for a running back, or does he just stay in a good spot? He's in a good spot, and I don't believe I, I'm trusting what the team is telling me. I think they're they're in a position to just bring him back on a team friendly deal, and if they do that, he will be the lead back for Houston in 24. If Devin Singletary's agent lets him leave, that would that's gross negligence, incompetence, fireable offense. Yes. Now, where do you want Derrick Henry to land? <laughs> uh, do we have enough time in the show so I can name like 30 teams? Uh, I think the number one spot for me would be Baltimore. I think him in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson makes a lot of football sense, and I think it would be good for us for fantasy purposes. I also think that the Dallas Cowboys could use a running back upgrade. Um, what True. that looks like. I'm not as bullish. This ain't the same Dallas offensive line that Zeke Elliott was running behind in 2016 and 2017. So I'm not as bullish on that landing spot, but I'm going to throw you one more out there. That is probably the longest of long shots to happen. But Please. given the fact that they've got an undersized running back who has sustained three injuries last year en route to a historically efficient season, the Los Angeles Rams just, I want to watch what they do. I want to watch what the Rams do because that would be a spot to where don't. I don't think McVay cares, man. Like bring Derrick Henry in and just let him have at it with Stafford. and Again, they don't want to rebuild either. That team ain't in rebuild mode. So I think the Rams are another wild card team that I wouldn't mind seeing Derrick Henry play for. <laughs> we did not script this. No. Right, because I've said that Kyron Williams is my one do-not-draft player. That At no ADP am I drafting him. I'm crossing him off the board. I don't want any Kyron Williams. He is one of the most terrifying fantasy assets at ADP in my history in this business. Not just because he's small and slow and he's more similar to Devin Singletary than he is Derrick Henry, but also because he was one of the worst pass blockers in the NFL last year. Thank you to Andrew Cooper DM me this. He said, by the way, make sure you mention this about Kyron Williams. They have one of the most fragile quarterbacks. Yes. Who has multiple broken shoulders, broken necks. It's not a, it's true. Yeah. Uh, this is not up for dispute. This is this. They, they have a Fabergé egg back there at quarterback, and they're going to put the worst pass protection running back full time for the full season back there. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. So there's a lot that can happen. Les Snead does not value. I can promise everybody. I can promise everybody around the world. Les Snead does not value Kyron Williams as high as dynasty leaguers do right now. I agree with you. I mean, and there's a lot of great talent available in free agency. So be very careful. Be very, I mean, if, 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 it's not. We don't have to wait for the NFL draft. If Kyron Williams gets eviscerated to totally vaporize just in free agency by a Saquon Barkley or a Derrick Henry, I mean, I would be. I mean, Josh Jacobs. There's so many options. There's so many ways. Yes. 
there are so many red balls that they could pull out of the bag here. Yes. I am fine victory lapping the hell out of that situation because this was my fear. The, the, the underpinnings of the fear are the coaches that have access to the film and the front office do not value this player at the level of his fantasy production from 2023. That was my thesis. And if it all blows up in the next 30 days, I will be ecstatic. <laughs> what about Tajay Spears? Because Tajay Spears, okay, Derrick Henry goes to Los Angeles. That's what's going to happen. Tajay Spears is left in Tennessee. He's great. If it were me, given the devaluation of the position, I would just roll Tajay Spears as my primary back and get two more Tajay Spears-like players behind him. And if he gets hurt, go to the next guy. If that guy gets hurt, go to the next guy. But again, a lot of NFL teams are still looking for a little more size, a little more stability from their running back, which is part of the thesis for why Kyron Williams is in a fragile position. So... Do you believe that Tajay Spears can be a primary back in the league for an extended period of time? I think he could. I think he could, but I don't believe they're going to ask him to do that. I don't believe they're going to ask him to do that. You, you look at this class, and there are a lot of big bodies that can absorb carries. From Braylon Allen to Audric Estime to Jalen Wright. You go down the board, and they're going to be very cheap, Matt. I don't believe that they're going to sign a free agent running back. That's not a landing spot that I believe Josh Jacobs is going to or Saquon Barkley, but I 100% anticipate them drafting somebody or two, whether that be in round seven and it's Isaiah. They're going to bring in somebody else to help Tajay Spears shoulder the workload because despite what we may think, their objective is not to load up one guy with 300-plus opportunities is trying to win a damn football game. And the best way to do that is keep your most explosive player healthy and on the field. They're bringing somebody else in. Could he do it? Maybe for a season. But I don't think they're going to ask him to do that. Do not doubt a general manager's ability to think simple. Okay? We just lost a stud running back. Therefore, we need to backfill him with a running back that's drafted in the top 100 players. That's just how they think, right? Like, yes. hey, we need depth. Like that's that's what happened in Seattle last year. We need running back depth. We have no one behind Kenneth Walker. We're just going to go get an all-purpose back. And okay, it's a second-round pick. Big deal. We we need this player. We 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 this this is a position of need for us. Beyond Kenneth Walker, we got nobody. We got to use this pick on him. And everyone's like, "What are you doing? How are you using such a valuable pick on a running back? You don't need it." And they're like, "Wait, what do you mean we don't need it? Of course we need it. Look, we got nobody behind Kenneth Walker. So it's a, it's just." two completely different perspectives and the general manager perspective is the one that always wins on NFL teams, not the fantasy gamers. They don't have a vote when the draft picks are decided. Which a better sleeper for you, Zamir White or Spears? Oh my goodness. I love them both at ADP. I, I love them both at ADP. If, if I had to call, I don't feel like Spears is the, I think people are expecting and, and assuming Spears to assume the primary running back role, whatever that may mean. I think right. most people are assuming that it is going to be the case. I think there's a lot less confidence in Zamir White, his situation, what the Raiders could do. I, that, for him, would make me the better value because I do think he walks into the season 
He's a little different than Spears. I think you can just turn around and just give him – he just is a body that they could turn around and hand the ball to. Twitter carries. Just hand him the ball. So I think his – this may sound crazy. It feels like his his role or what he could be in, in Las Vegas is a little more certain. I don't think they're deploying him as no damn pass catch. They're not lining up in the slot and telling him to run routes. Turn around, give ball to Zamir White. You run ball, you'll get goal line touches. I think he's at cost, probably Zamir, but I like both of the players. And yet Brian Robinson goes many rounds earlier than Zamir White. Uh, Yes. Right. So what do you think of Brian Robinson? (laughs) He's exactly what we thought he would be. He's Brian Robinson. He's Brian Robinson. There's no comp. He's B-Rob. He's B-Rob. He's going to give you some weeks where he spikes, and you're like, ah, that Robinson got me two touchdowns. He caught five passes. And then he's going to go 16 for 42. Like he's just, he's a a plotter plus is what Brian Robinson is. He's a plotter plus Ooh, I like that's it. going to see some opportunity. And uh, what does that mean for him? He's he's Brian Robinson. Like he's fine. He's he's just B-Rob. You know, what What do you want me to say about what about Brian Robinson? That he's great? Because I don't think he's great. I don't believe that he's a great running back. I think he's six foot two, 227 pounds and they can turn around and give him the damn ball, and he's healthy. Got shot in the ass two, three times and came back in four weeks and played football. Probably a pretty tough player, but that's about it. Okay. This is this is Brian Robinson. Ready? This is who Brian Robinson is. Okay. So Brian Robinson did have 35 catches in a college season. He did. That's a thing that happened at Alabama. It's a th- in that role, dump offs, yep. 7.5% target share, good, not great. But the 35 catches you know, in 14 games, that was noteworthy. Before that, in four years, he had 17 catches total. Okay? So, wow, 35 catches. Whoa, right? The inconsistent year to year. Why? Because he was the primary back for one year. Right? But before that, there was at no point was anyone at Alabama going, we got to get this guy out there on the field and deploy him in passing situations. No one was thinking that for four years. Okay? Not even mixing him in. Right? In that situation, he goes to the combine, 15th percentile burst, 8th percentile agility score, and average speed. A little bit above average for his size, right? Went to the Senior Bowl. No one was impressed with Brian Robinson. He was functional at the Senior Bowl. And then a funny thing happened last year. He led the NFL in yards per reception among running backs. (laughs) 10.2 yards per reception, which then fueled all of his his efficiency metrics, right? Advanced, you know, fantasy points per touch, per opportunity, all these stats. He was great. And it's like, oh, wow. So apparently uh, we've been wrong about Brian Robinson. He's actually really efficient. Or he just happened to catch passes in a particular situation on particular days against particular teams where the sea parted and he ran for 40 yards after the catch. That is the... I, in my life, I've seen unsustainable stats when you zoom out and you look at the full picture. This is up there. Okay. This is top five in my life of a particular season stat for a full season, right? Where the guy's playing all the games, right? 10.2 yards per reception for Brian Robinson is as unsustainable as it gets. So you'll never get him. I'll never get him. Anyone that knows what Brian Robinson is is never going to get him in a fantasy draft. Because his ADP is going to be driven by 
his incredible receiving efficiency, and there's going to be at least one person in every draft room that doesn't realize how fake that is. Mic drop. Mike, there are people pumping up Brian Robinson, man. There are people pumping him up, saying that he's the next the next big thing in Washington. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know what, that I pay attention to what people are saying. And then what I do, <laughs> see, Ray, what I do is then I, I, do, I put questions on my show sheet that that troll those people that address those people vis-a-vis our conversation that's what we do that's what we do and i love i but i love running backs named robinson first initial b i really do i love running backs named b robinson but i prefer Bijan. i'll tell you that so tell me what are you expecting from Bijan this year i expect him to be very good i expect him to be uh a hundred percent better than what he was this past season. Uh, I, that the situation was awful, and and Matt, I, I completely agree with you. And we we didn't talk about it when you asked the second question on the show sheet. Uh, I agree with you. I think there is way too much coach worship and praise that the coaches are making the players. That's bullshit. That doesn't. That's not true. I'm just telling you. That's that, that is one hundred percent not true. There are good coaches that. That, that put their players in good situations, but the players got to make the play. The coach ain't doing nothing, right? And when I'm looking at Bijan Robinson's situation, the Arthur Smith often, like, it was a mess. They're, they're, it's egregious that the way he was being used. And I'm not, Tyler Algier should have gotten some playing time because you got to spell Bijan Robinson, but there's no reason he should have led the league in routes as the running back position and be as poor as they were. Like, they, uh, running the ball, hand him the freaking ball. Give him the ball. Let him punch it in at the goal line. And I think Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson coming in are going to say, get they said, get him the ball. Get seven the ball. So I think Bijan Robinson is going to make amends for a, I'm going to just call it a disappointing rookie season. It was a disappointing rookie season for the expectations that we had. But I believe in year two, he will make amends and he will turn the corner. This is the year. Yes. This is the year to draft Bijan Robinson. Correct. This, this is the year. Best ball dynasty early, early, early. I want him. I want it. Last year, I, I couldn't get behind any running backs early. I just couldn't. I was like, you know what? Can't do it. Can't do it. You know, okay. Christian McCaffrey falls to the 103. Okay, you're doing that. Other than that, I wasn't. I mean, you could look back and say, "Yeah, you took Justin Jefferson over Christian McCaffrey. That was a mistake." Okay, I'm not saying I was right about every pick. I'm just saying this, generally speaking, the structure of zero RB worked very well last year. It was incredible, and, and some people picked up Kyron Williams that did zero RB, and then they won their championship. So, congratulations to those people, and you're welcome. This year, hero RB is going to be back, and that hero is Bijan Robinson. What about Drake London? Mm-hmm. What about him? When is he going to be unlocked? I'm praying it happens this year. I'm, okay. I'm praying it happens this year, and they too are due a quarterback upgrade. Who that quarterback is going to be, anybody's guess. I have no idea. But with the QB upgrade, and I want to give a massive shout-out to Player Profiler right now. This is not scripted. I'm giving a major shout-out because of this website. And the data that's housed on the website, on the player pages, I was able to look at some things over a year ago, and I've created my own wide receiver metric score 
it all came from player profiler, just literally looking at different things that's on your website and saying, I'm seeing a pattern here between the elite receivers and the have nots. And it was because of your site, but that score, which I coined Trinity, Drake London is very high. I mean, he's doing enough wide receiver stuff to be an elite wide receiver, but he's below the regression line because the quarterback play is terrible. He had no quarterback. He's doing enough stuff. The yard per route run data, targets, targets per route run, his efficiency, that it's all there for mm -hmm. London. But the one equalizer in sport, man, you got to have somebody that can get you to damn football. Like you have to have that. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, and hope is hope is the killer of all dynasty teams. Hope is the number one killer of all dynasty rosters. But I'm hoping they get the quarterback upgrade because if they do, I believe Drake London takes off here in 24. Well, uh, guess who helped win a bunch of championships for fantasy gamers last year? DJ Moore. And DJ Moore was the hope king for many years. And it finally happened. There's asymmetrical upside here with Drake London. If and when they upgrade their quarterback, boom, he's going to pop, right? The ADP, and again, best ball and dynasty, it's going to jump rounds. That's the thing. There's very few other wide receivers you can say that about. Like, okay, one transaction happens in the NFL, you know, and player X jumps multiple rounds. You know, even from not just late round, but like from middle round, early round. It's a very rare case that, that could happen. Drake London is the case. Yes. Drake London, you, everyone knows it's going to happen. When it happens, it's got... So everyone's waiting for it to happen, and, and, and they're almost preemptively getting, you know, preparing their body to draft him, you know, rounds earlier. Just you, 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 you should just, in a startup, just do it. Just get out in front of it. And our, our producer, Tyler Knable, he's very happy right now. I didn't again. I didn't <laughs> script this with you or him. We didn't talk about this, okay? But now is the time, right? I've been like, I feel like Braveheart, like hold, hold. Last year, people said you got to get Drake London. Look at the look at the, all the, the incredible Trinity metrics that you're talking about that he put up uh, as a, a as a rookie. I said hold. You know, it's still Ritter, still Ritter ball. Hold, hold. Now is the time. It's now, year three. There's, there's. You're gonna, you're gonna see a, a, an increase in fantasy production, assuming health. I guarantee it. If he's healthy, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It can't get worse. It can't get. The coaching was stone worst. The quarterback play was the stone worst. And both players can thrive. Both Bijan and Drake London can thrive because it's a consolidated target distribution. Yes. I, I, they've already invested so much in skill position players. It's one of the last teams that's going to go out and, and and spend up early on a wide receiver. They're going to put they're going to go get another Mac Hollins type and call it a day. So, enjoy it. Enjoy the production from Bijan and Drake London this year. This is this is the year. Not last. This is everyone that was the team to fade last year with the Falcons, given that it didn't make any sense. When you added up the ADP of Bijan plus Pitts mm. plus London, what you knew the pace of play was going to be and what you knew the quarterback play was going to be, the ADPs were nonsensical. They were nonsensical. But now, 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 now you push the button. So tell me why I should not, should not overpay for Brees Hall, because again, I'm willing to overpay for Bijan. I'm willing to overpay for Drake London. I'm willing to overpay for Zamir White. 
I, I, Brees Hall, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm into him. Like again, last year, no running backs because Brees Hall was coming off a torn ACL. Yeah, all, all the all, all these all the cases for all the running backs fell apart. Right this year. The bull case for Bijan and the bull case for Brees Hall are strong. Unless you disagree. Matt, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I'm saying it right now. I stand by it. Brees Hall is going to lead the NFL in rushing next year. Brees Hall is going to lead the league in rushing. I, 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 as soon as those props come out, I am loading up units on it. Hell I yeah. believe he's going to lead the league in rushing while putting up a very, very quality season out of the backfield in the receiving game. I'm thinking he's going to give us, what was it, 2015, 2016 David Johnson type season. Mm. Brees Hall is absolutely good. This is the year. This is the year. If I had to to project Brees' career, and uh, shout out to Miss McDaniel, LaRonda McDaniel, that's Brees Hall's mom. She is a frequent viewer of the Wake Up Show. So I've got an affinity towards the Hall family. Uh, I'm telling you right now, Matt, this might be like his greatest season. One year removed off the ACL. He's got his damn quarterback back. They're going to do things to help improve the offense line, other pass catchers. But this, uh, like Brees Hall is going to smash in 24. Barring health, this might be like all Brees Hall's best fantasy season that you're ever going to get. So I'm not even going to call it overpay, Matt. Go get Brees Hall. Just get him by any means necessary. By any means necessary. What do you think's going to happen? You think he's going to be bad again this year? Then he's a bust. This is year three. If he's bad this year, he's a bust. And if you zoom out, and look at the, the the career arc, the 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 the, the total package that is Brees Hall: speed, size, college production and efficiency, incredible, you know, sort of downfield route running and efficiency in the passing game. Things that are very rare in the NFL among running backs, where he's like a handful of guys in the league at any given time that can uh, operate at that level of receiving efficiency with size, with the ability to, to just to run uh, 80 yards up the middle. I mean, this is incredible. Yes. So this is last year was zero RB season. This year is hero RB season. And it's one of these two guys. And they're very similar teams, right? Consolidated target distribution. You get your stud receiver and your stud running back. So I am in on the Jets, and I'm in on the Falcons. So you agree, like you, Garrett Wilson, keep pushing the button, ignore the inefficiency from last year. Um, I, the player I'm least concerned about heading into this this coming season is Garrett Wilson. I have zero okay. fear, zero concern, zero. Good, good. Now, Jalen Waddle is interesting because last time I checked, fast receivers like Tyreek Hill always experience an early cliff year. Right, whether it's age thirty-one, age thirty-two, you know, from Deshaun Jackson all the way down. I know that he's a unicorn. He was a unicorn coming out. He's always been a unicorn. I get it, but at some point, it's going to have to become the Jalen Waddle show. And I like him because one year he does it with Yak, the next year he does it with Air Yards. So he's incredibly versatile, and the the production has been suppressed by injuries. He's been banged up, especially last year. And then Tyree Kill being that that sort of having that gravitational pull. So he there's there's another guy. I mean, of course, I can't do a startup and get Bijan, Brees Hall, <laughs> Garrett <laughs> Wilson, and Jalen Waddle. I can't, but I mean, these are the guys I'm circling. Love them. 
you know? And I think people, it's it's tough to shine when you're playing next to Tyreek Hill. It really is hard to, it's hard to sit back and look at it because you think Miami Dolphins, it's Tyreek Hill, it's Devon Achan, it's, it's Waddle is kind of an ancillary target. But man, I'm just looking at what he did this year, the wide receiver stuff. His Trinity score being over Chris Olave, Stefan Diggs, Nico Collins. Like, th- he's good. He's he just can't believe you listed Nico Collins with those guys. Uh, uh, well, just giving Nico his credit for last season. I'm giving Nico his props for what he did last year. The Brian Robinson of wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually. That's that's actually. <laughs> shit. You like that? Oh, why did you put that in my head? You like that? He might be the B-Rob of receivers, and I'm not. That may be your best comp of all time. I don't know. Wow. That was just off the top of the dome. I like Jalen Waddle. I like Jalen Waddle. That is, you are a dirty, dirty dog. I'm going to just say that. That's mean. Uh, I mean, the, the talent <laughs> disparity between a Jalen Waddle and a Nico Collins is is hard to even it's hard to even get yes. your head around. It's it's not yes. even yes. All right, so now we have a the the segment, the special segment that we do: ten burning questions. Ten burning questions with Ray Garvin coming up after this. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. Oh, yeah. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 burning questions. And yes, we teased it earlier. Rookie talk. Yes, rookie fever. We're circling back to rookies. Malik Neighbors. When does he jump the shark? I, I was curious as to why you put this in the show sheet. Because I saw him comp to Justin Jefferson. No. A better Justin Jefferson? The, the, the people on TikTok are saying he's better than Justin Jefferson. That's like me saying that J.J. McCarthy's better than Brock Purdy, which I accidentally did, but it was, it was, I was more trying to prove a point, right? That he could be the next Brock Purdy regardless, okay? The, the, I, yeah, I am guilty. I'm a hypocrite, okay? But at, at some point, like, can we really, really? It's, you know what it's making me do? You know what it's making me do? What? This is making me like Brian Thomas more. Okay, let me let me let me let me talk you off the ledge. All right, let me talk you off the ledge, Matt. And this is why I say because I know thousands of people are going to watch this. I know that. So when you watch this, you listen to the replay, 
if you take nothing away from anything that I say, take, take away this. Be mindful of the content you consume, all right? Like real talk, be mindful of the, some things I listen to for pure entertainment. And that's why I just listen to it to have a good time and I close it. There are other things I listen to to really consume that knowledge and information. Comping any of these guys and having, putting out the expectation that they're going to walk into the NFL and be Justin Jefferson plus, Jamar Chase plus is, is silly. They're in the chat. They're in the chat. Colin Korsick. Neighbors is going to get more draft capital than Jefferson. Sure. They're already sure. starting. They, these people, they, I love, listen, I love this class more than most people. I love Malik Neighbors. But come on, man. What are we doing? Justin Jefferson would be drafted higher than Malik Neighbors. Like, that's, you can't use that. Like, the, the NFL made a, a, an egregious mistake, but nobody saw this coming. I, I think Malik Neighbors is very good. I think there are more down-to-earth play-style comps that you can feel good about without having to go to just... They don't even play the same, first and foremost. Like, it's just... They don't even play the same type of game. DJ Moore, I've heard that. I've comped him to Isaac Bruce. People probably don't even know who that is, but he reminds me of Isaac Bruce, okay? That's a great comp. He's a fantastic player. That's right up there with my... That's right up there with my Nico Collins-Brian Robinson comp. Your yours still takes the cake, but uh, if you're drafting Malik Neighbors to be Justin Jefferson, that's shame on you. Shame on you. Like that's that's no, no, no. And I love Malik Neighbors. Been telling y'all about him for two and a half years. I'm convinced now that there's going to be a few drafts where he goes ahead of Harrison. Oh yeah. You see? Yeah. You see, you just. You just there will. There will be some. There will be. This is. So the answer is yes. He's jumped the shark. He's jumped the shark. Okay, he has. He has. But that that doesn't mean that there's not value there in LSU, right? So, like for example, who was the the alpha at LSU when Justin Jefferson was there? It wasn't Justin Jefferson. It was Jamar Chase. But who's been Correct. more productive in the league? Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying that actually. No, it's Brian Thomas. That's Justin Jefferson. I'm just saying that. When you have multiple quality receivers and they the quarterback can't just home in on the primary guy every time, uh, you're you're going to have a target share that lags the field. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I like more than finding that that auxiliary receiver that happened to be sharing a field with a total stud, and then he flies under the radar. That's there. No matter what. Brian Thomas does at the combine or what you think of uh, his tape or his production. That is a fact that had he gone to another school, right? Any other school in the country, pretty much other than Ohio state, right? Then he would have been more productive, right? If it were him at Oregon, instead of Troy Franklin, who knows how productive he would have been. Right. Brian Thomas, Brian, Brian Thomas is very good. He's a very good player. I've got him comfortably inside of my top five, and he, oh. he is a very good player. Oh, comfortably. 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 Wide receiver four. Comfortably. So you're taking him over Troy Franklin? Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'm taking him over Troy Franklin. I have never seen a, a guy that is listed by his school at 62170. That implies a level of svelte that 
I can't even get my head. We're talking about that's like that's like uh like the movie The Machinist. Like that's how that's how skinny he is, right? Where he's going full method actor, right? That that's that's what I mean. That it's not true. I mean, he's not six two, right? And he's not one seventy. I think he's heavier than one seventy, and I think he's probably six one. Uh, yeah, he is fast. I mean, it it was fun to watch him, and with Troy Franklin, I do believe that there is a, the, some suppression of of his value or his perceived value in Dynasty just because of the system. So for all the same reasons why no one no one likes uh, you know Bo Nix anymore because he flamed out at the Senior Bowl was viewed as a system quarterback from the beginning. Well, you have a system receiver too, right? The receiver is also besmirched by the whole you know system narrative. Uh, mm-hmm. But my, my question for you is, what happened? Like, what happened to Bo Nix at the Senior Bowl? Because I heard it was an atrocity. He, he, um, I just, I, I don't think he is, I'll, I'll tell you this, and this is really going to put it in perspective for people really quickly. When Mac Jones was at the Senior Bowl, there was no doubt about it. That was the best quarterback on the field. Say what you want about Mac Jones in New England in his career, but when you just watch him throw the football amongst everybody else, there was no doubt, like, that's the best guy out there. There were times where Cody Carpentier and I were talking, or I was talking to some, I didn't even know who, I forgot he was out there. And who's that throwing? Oh, that was Bo Nix that threw the ball. I, I don't know what happened, Matt. I don't think that he is a particularly great quarterback. I think he's the type of quarterback that can operate a system. Um, but I don't think he's particularly great. And the senior bowl stresses the things that you're not good at. You're not in shotgun running the Dan Lanning offense. You're under center. You've got to turn your back to a defense, to a complete side. And I just don't think it's tough. It's tough to do that. And you've only, it's like a damn job interview, Matt. You don't get to sit on the phone with your potential employer for two weeks so they can get to know you and figure out if you've got to make an impression immediately. Once your interview starts, hey, I'm Ray Garvin. I'm the founder and CEO. Destiny. You've got to make an immediate impression. And at the Senior Bowl, you got two days, buddy. You got two days to get it done, to make the impression, wow, to let people form an opinion. And he just didn't do it. He failed at that. He failed at that. And, you know, Jaden Daniels doesn't have that problem because he wasn't there. I said Bo Nix would have done himself a service not even showing up. I bet you if he wouldn't even have came, or just went and did the interviews and didn't participate, he still would be viewed a lot more favorably than than going out there and being subpar. So you think it, across all mock drafts, if it hasn't happened already, it's going to happen. J.J. McCarthy over Bo Nix? Yes. 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 Wow. Wow. Yes. You don't like it, do you? Tell me, Matt. You don't like it, do you? No, no. I love I love J.J. McCarthy, so I'm fine with it. It's just that okay. it, it's just tough. When a guy has 45 touchdowns and only three interceptions, when a guy is that prolific like Bo Nix was, and he's a tactical scrambler, I mean, there was a, there was, he had a 50-yard run up the middle. Like <laughs> You have to have some speed to do that, right? So I just, it's, uh, I even, I, I, I I saw some highlights of Bo Nix. I saw an incredible mm-hmm. uh, play action uh, pass to the uh, a tight end for a touchdown. I saw him drop a, a bunch of deep balls, in, you know, in, into the bucket, fifty yards, both to the sideline and uh, you know on the on the deep post. And I was surprised, right? I expected McCarthy and Nix to be stars at the Senior Bowl. And when I heard that Nix flamed out and McCarthy was better than expected, I, 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 it just, 
It's crazy. It's crazy. But we, I, I also remember Graham Harrell, right? There's a guy named Graham Harrell that happened. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. He had 5,000 touchdowns for Texas Tech, and he was the quintessential system quarterback. Like Case Keenum, like there's been a few of the, the, the like a system quarterback, system quarterback would be Graham Harrell. So it is a thing. It's definitely a thing. I also thought that Marcus Mariota would be better in the league than he is. So, I mean, there you go. There's a guy that has a tactical scrambling capability, was super efficient you know, at Oregon in a spread attack. So I'm not... I, I'm not just dismissing like, oh no, this this guy had such an incredible touchdown interception ratio. There's no way he can be bad. I, I I don't believe what you saw at the Senior Bowl. No, I know now enough to know that if a guy can't function well at the Senior Bowl, is not precise in like a, a these these like you know laboratory conditions of the Senior Bowl, that is a major red flag, right? I mean, the reason that Patrick Mahomes w- fell to number ten in the draft was because he was viewed as a system quarterback. That's how Mitchell Trubisky got drafted well ahead of him. Correct. But had Patrick Mahomes gone to the senior bowl, I fully believe he would have wowed the hell out of everybody like Justin Herbert did. Yes. Yes. But for everything you just said, Matt, is why Bo Nix will get a shot to start. Make no mistake about it. It doesn't matter what my personal view on the player is he will get an opportunity to play in the NFL and he will be under center because Case Keenum did. It's going to happen. He will get drafted with the requisite capital to get an opportunity. Do dynasty gamers have the dynasty discipline to make the move whenever he does? And a lot of people didn't have it with Will Levis last year and we'll see how it works out with Bo Nix. Yeah, I'll just I'll spoil it. On our dynasty rankings, we do have McCarthy ahead of Nix. It's a a thing. Uh, We do have Nix ahead of Michael Penix, though. I just I only said that I just gave it I gave away our whole quarterback rankings there uh, because I just wanted to say the the name Michael Penix, uh, the the guy who's about to turn twenty four, right? That's part of the issue. Jaden Daniels also will turn twenty four at some point during the two thousand twenty four season, and yet because of his mobility for fantasy football, we have him ranked ahead of Drake May. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. Okay, good. Good. In real football, I'm drafting Drake May. In fantasy football, I'm drafting Jaden Daniels. This is this is easy. It's not a hard concept. It's not hard, <laughs> right? It's not hard. Uh, and that's also single quarterback. And and what I love is that when you flip it to Superflex, this is why we why do we have the best rankings? Because when you flip it to Superflex, guess what happens? Drake May goes ahead of Jaden Daniels because in Superflex you can't airball a quarterback pick. You airball a quarterback pick, then you're 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 in a lot of trouble. You know that's 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 a that's a years of rebuilding you just cost yourself, right? Whereas everyone back the last five years that drafted Kirk Cousins and Superflex has been happy with that choice. Yes, that is why. But if I'm in a single quarterback league, it's YOLO. You could always go find a pocket passer on the waiver wire. So draft Justin Fields, draft Jaden Daniels, by all means, right? That's why, you know, there was the case to draft Josh Allen, even when we had no idea what he was going to be in, in single quarterback 
at a premium over say in Superflex where it's like oh wow you know I'm not I'm not ready to go there with uh, with with the you know, the inefficient Wyoming quarterback in Superflex but I'm happy to do it in single quarterback uh, many years ago so you were at the Senior Bowl who was your favorite rookie or rookies from the Senior Bowl uh, probably much like a lot of folks out there Lad McConkey was definitely one of my favorites. Uh, Roman Wilson, a wide receiver that I'm much higher on consensus than, uh, was one of my favorites. But I'd have to say my absolute favorite player and somebody that I will not leave Superflex drafts uh, without, and I believe will be a day two pick, was quarterback Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. Whoa! QB Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma was probably the most impressive uh, player that I got to talk to, and his game backed that up, and he won the MVP of the Senior Bowl as well in the actual game. But very impressed by that young man. The physical tools are there. Just two years ago, we were mocking him as the number one overall pick to the Houston Texans going into 2022. We know that didn't work out. Transfers to South Carolina and just got better. Efficiency numbers got better. He improved. The arm talent is there. There's no doubt about it that he can make the requisite throws. And in the NFL, a season we just came out of, we saw 60 damn quarterbacks take starts for these 32 teams. Spencer Rattler is going to get an opportunity. Now, I'm not saying that he's the second coming. He's going to be this or that. But when you're talking about players who impressed me that probably rose their draft stock enough for where we have to pay attention for rookie drafts, I think Spencer Rattler goes from that late fourth rounder. If he gets day two capital, I think there's going to be some, some leagues and some right formats where you're going to want him in super flex. Very impressed with Spencer Rattler. It just hit me. With, I just want quarterback. Any, I, I'm, in, I'm such a super flex fan that i just i any quarterback takes you have i love him but i do lad mcconkey what was your what was your 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 big takeaway about him he can get open very quickly i saw i vividly remember on the sideline watching tank Dell last year and we're right there during the db wide receiver drills i was with you and the coach the coach of the panthers is like somebody get up there go guard him nobody even wanted to go out there because they knew he was going to win the rap and make him look silly. No one even wanted to guard him. I remember watching that happen, and I remember watching Puka Nakua. It didn't quite feel that elitish, but Lad McConkey was very good, and he was put together pretty well. So his ability to win quickly, the name of the NFL game today is separation in space. If you can win quick, you've got a shot, and we just saw Tank Dell absolutely dominate with C.J. Stroud, and you know what he didn't play? Didn't play in the slot. He was playing outside mm. like a regular damn wide receiver because it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. Get open quick. I know he's white, so everybody's going to comp him to Cooper Cup, but Lad McConkey, very good. Now, he did tell me personally, Matt, that he models his game after Cup, so I'm going to continue to comp him to Cooper Cup. He was very good. Yeah, so where are the Patriots going to draft him? Now, see, I didn't, I didn't take it that far, but uh, no, you, you said no, no, no. I'm not saying, I'm not saying because he's white. I'm saying because you copped him to Tank Dell. Remember, we said that this year the Houston Texans of 2024 are the Patriots. Okay, okay, I got you. And if they're going to be drafting the 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 best <laughs> wide receiver from the Senior Bowl, it's going to have to be Lad McConkey. It wasn't because he's white. It all works. Either way, it works. That's a good fit. I guess in the second round, the pair up with Jaden Daniels. So Daniels to McConkey is the Stroud to Tank Dell. God. 
What a story. If if that happens, if he let me tell you something, Matt. If he goes to New England, I'm buying you a Lad McConkey jersey. I'm getting myself one and we're wearing it on the show that we do together. That's my word to you. Love it. Yeah, by the way, it was definitely because he's white. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> Jonathan Brooks, that's the guy. Spoiler alert, that's my guy. The guy I teased earlier in the show. Jonathan Brooks. You're 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 in Texas. Talk to us about Jonathan Brooks because I, I I think he checks all the boxes. He's incredible. He's incredible. He's absolutely awesome. He is my RB1 in the class. He is incredible. And had he not been hurt, um, he would be the unquestioned RB1. And I think he's got the profile that would suggest that he should be valued as a first-round rookie pick, even though we don't have a lot of rookie running backs being drafted that high now. he If the medicals check out, like he's going to get – Round two capital. I will. You can etch that in stone now. Runs between the tackles. But my biggest thing with Jonathan Brooks, Matt, my biggest thing is he's not just a running back that can catch the ball. He's a running back that can be deployed as a pass catching weapon. And while he's not the same size of the player that you said you don't mind overpaying for, I said this last night to my patrons. His game is very, very reminiscent a former Iowa State running back and now current New York Jets rusher, Brees Hall. They have very similar games. Brees is bigger. Brees is 220. He's a bigger back. But they have very similar games. I love Jonathan Brooks, man. Love him. Yep. It's the same concept. We talked about this with Brian Thomas. If you're sharing a locker room with a bunch of other studs at your position, you're going to get overshadowed. And that's that's Brian Thomas. And, you know, that's Jonathan Brooks. It's 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 you don't have to know anything else. You don't have to know. Oh, yes. He was you know super productive, you know, 10 plus touchdowns, 1200 plus yards, 25 plus catches b- before the torn ACL. I mean, it's just he didn't do anything before that. And the buzz didn't build on him. Just like the buzz wasn't building on Rashi Rice. That's been the theme of the show is that you want to draft players where for whatever, you know, irrational reason, buzz hasn't been building, right? Oh, he's not going to play in best ball. There isn't a better running back. There isn't a better running back because it, you, now you have best ball teams where you, you can draft rookies and you at a at a discount because you don't know where they're going to end up. You don't know where they're going to land. So as soon as they land somewhere friendly, their value pops multiple rounds immediately. And it's even better in best ball when you have a, if you have a playoff system, you can sneak Brooks in to the best ball playoffs, and that's when he's going to be correct rounding into form. Like it's correct. It's the perfect best ball running back. For a late round pick, Jonathan Brooks. I also like Kimani Vidal. Did I say that right? You did. Great. Kimani Vidal is one of those sort of bowling ball running backs. I like those guys that are, you know, 5'8, low to the ground, strong, can do it all, small school, puts up the 1600, like the, the, uh, is it the video game numbers. So between Vidal and Dylan Lobb from, did I say that right? Dylan Lobb. Yeah. Dylan Lobb. Lob, lob it up uh, from New Hampshire. Okay, uh, that's that's my area of the country. So uh, between those two, the small school running backs, you know, who do you think is better? Who do you think is a better value? Have you have you have you scouted these guys much? 
I actually drafted Dylan Lobb in a few underdog drafts in the 20th round. I took a couple just in case, just Bam. in case. I've got a couple shares. I think I've drafted one Vidal, but I do like his game. And it's very reminiscent, very reminiscent. And I I, I don't view Vidal as somebody that's first, just uh, take over the backfield. I'm not even worried about that shit. Let him come into a situation where he can be the Jalen Warren to somebody's Najee Harris. Let him yes. do that. Let him grow into that efficient space creator, four-minute offense, two-minute drill, catches the passes. He's got the, the – even though he's short, I don't care about his height. He's 215 pounds. Yeah. The BMI is there. This BMI is like upper percentile. Yes. this uh, He's a good player, and he's going to be – the beauty is – He's going to be drafted to be just that. So if he is, in fact, good, we'll know it early, and he'll be in the proper role in which he was drafted to be. I like Vidal. He's a burrower, man. He can get under people's shoulder pads. I love the burrower running backs. Mm-hmm. He's not an elite pass catcher, okay? He's not super electric in space. He doesn't have the greatest hands. We get it. But he's functional. He proved in college he at least can be functional as a pass catcher out of the backfield. He's not one of these guys that maxed out at you know, 10 catches. All right, and you'll find that a lot of the guys that are coming out now are more versatile. The running back position, it's unfortunate that it's as versatile and as talented and 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 talent rich as it's ever been, just as it's being devalued. Which I think is is why so many of these running backs get so frustrated with what's happening. Right now, let me just workshop this, Nick. So you, Vidal Sassoon, you did you. Know, <laughs> Uh, Kamani Vidal Sassoon, too soon? It's a little forced right now. Forced? A little forced? Yeah, a little forced. Wait till the combine. Wait after too after forced. he does some good at the... Yeah, a little, but I, I like where you're going, but just not yet, man. Not yet. Uh, that's, that's how smooth he is. <laughs> Shit. He's shampoo smooth. All right. Now I'm really making it bad. Yeah, you're digging your heels in now. You are in deep. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to make it a thing. I'm not going to make Kamani Vidal Sassoon a thing. It's not going to happen. All right, so give us the under-the-radar guy, the rookie that is flying under the radar. You're well ahead of consensus on. You haven't talked about him yet. You've talked about a couple of those guys already. Give, give us one more. Give us one more, maybe a wide receiver who is oh. below the surface. It's easy. It's, it, you've, you have unintentionally created a very... Uh, there's a, some symmetry going on in this show, man. Some some nice symmetry. And he is a teammate of another wide receiver that's viewed as a top wide receiver in this class. How some people have him as the top wide receiver in this class. And I know you didn't stay up late, so we'll go to the Pac-12. We'll go all the way out to the Pacific Northwest. And we're going to talk about a Washington Husky not named Phoenix or Romo Dunze or Dylan Johnson. It's Jalen Polk, wide receiver Jalen Polk flying under the radar. And I don't care if you're some film scout or just a fan of the game. You watch any Washington Huskies game and you'll see two receivers, both of them making plays. But if you remove the name from the back of the jersey, you'd look and be like, damn, who's number two? Who's that guy over Polk. there? That's Jalen Polk. Jalen Polk's got the requisite size. I think he is going to be an above average athlete. I don't think he's going to be great, but he'll be above average. But the NFL community is very high on this young man, and I've got him comfortably inside of my top seven. 
Jalen Polk is somebody that I want many, many shares of. And the beauty of this class, man, everyone we're talking about, they're all six foot and above. All of them. Six foot, 195 to 215 pounds. It's it's today's game. Jalen Polk is a damn dog. Yeah. The, uh, what I like about this class, it's definitely a taller wide receiver class than last year. And they're, they have frames they can grow into. Young guys with frames they can grow into, which is cool. And I also, the, weird, the, the Pac-12... Uh, you know, leading receivers, Franklin, Polk. I mean, I feel like it's a presidential ticket from 1852. <laughs> yeah, the Franklin Polk ticket, 2024. <laughs> Franklin Polk. Vote Franklin Polk. <laughs> <laughs> that are a terrible law firm for sure, though. But yeah, <laughs> I like Jalen Polk a lot. And I'm, I, just because you asked, I'm going to just throw one more out that is a personal Ooh, favorite of mine. Um, is Roman Wilson. It's Roman Wilson. And my thinking is this. If if you love you some J.J. McCarthy and you buy into all the percentage-based numbers and why, well, then you've got to give some level of grace to the wide receivers and the production that they were unable to assume. Like, you can't have it both ways. It can't be McCarthy's great, but they didn't let him throw him and his weapons suck. Or either the weapons sucked and McCarthy's great, which I don't believe that to be the case. But Roman Wilson at five foot 11, 185 plus pounds is going to run sub four, four. He is going to test in the lateral agility drills, potentially underneath 4.0 seconds. He is going to run very quick in the shuttles. I think he's going to jump high. And after this, I think there's a real shot. Roman Wilson is selected, not just on day two, but sneaks into the back of the first round of the NFL draft. That's my dude. He is that good. You're, you're talking about like a Brandon Ayuk type player here. He's that good. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. He, whoa. Yeah, I talked about it with Theo Grimm. He is that good. Yeah, this is this is this is Jaden Reed, Brandon Ayuk vibes. I'm getting here. Wow, it's not bad. It ain't bad. All right, now let's expand. Let's expand the context, the scope beyond rookies here. We asked this question. We, we, I got away from this question. We're, get, we're getting back to it uh, upon popular request. Your truther, right? The guy that you doesn't have to, not a rookie, but a guy that you still believe in that you're, you're stashing in Dynasty. And let me just ask, because you've been gone for a little bit, right? You've been, you've been out for a little bit and you're back. You're getting in the flow. Let me just, let me just make sure I'm clear on the rules of this. Right. right are we right. still, are we still, even though not rookie, are we still mining for young players or can we go old? Just tell them. Just tell. I want to make sure that I'm I'm following the spirit of this question. Young guys, or you want young guys, right? That's what people want to know. Stashes, young guys. I would say younger is better. Yeah, younger. Okay. You know, even even a second year player. Okay. Oh, I, I got one for you. I got one right. for you. And I love this stash. I love him. One of my highest roster players in underdog right now. I've done like thirty five drafts. I believe that the incumbent number one will be gone. He will go get a lot of money to go play somewhere else in 2024. Hall of Fame receiver, if that doesn't ring a bell. Um, you like you some Chris Godwin. I like me some Chris Godwin. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to bring back Baker Mayfield. They're going to do right by Baker. They're going to bring back Baker Mayfield. And towards the end of the season, there was a wide receiver out of LSU that started at just six targets, five targets, six targets, 84 yards, big play catches. Trey Palmer from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm especially in best ball for me is more than worth the cost of admission. This young man can get down the field in a hurry. 
He's already shown some level of competence in limited opportunity. 68 targets, 385 yards, three touchdowns, long of 54 as a rookie. Playing behind Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in an offense that was trying to figure it out with Baker Mayfield in 2023. Is this going to be the guy? Is it not? We just lost Tom Brady. This is a he is the quintessential target in best ball. You can get him dirt cheap. And when he when he gets the play, it's going to be a big play. Touchdown, big high A dot, air yard yeah. guy. Trey Palmer is somebody I'm still stumping the table for, man. We're going to look back at the 2023 Senior Bowl as the greatest wide receiver class in Senior Bowl history. This is Puka Nakua. This is Tank Dell. This is Jaden Reed. This is Michael Wilson. But guess who else played well at that Senior Bowl? Guess who else had a, 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 a very high dog rating coming into the season? Uh, and he was the one guy that just stonewalled me in the interview. I was trying to be silly, and this guy was all business. And his his name was Trey Palmer, right? It just makes sense. It's just all those wide receivers were great. It was a great cornerback class and a great wide receiver class. And he was performing right at the level of the Michael Wilsons and uh, the – I'm not going to say Tank Dell because Tank Dell was so extraordinary. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the other guys, right, the Pukas – and 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 the Jaden Reeds, Palmer was right there with those guys. Yes, yes he was. Uh, and and then you saw him blaze, right? The sub four four forty, like oh god, right? That's why at LSU he was a, a special team star. And then the problem was there were so many great players, Malik Neighbors, so many players ahead of him. He had to transfer to, to Nebraska, and then he you know they pops off for over a thousand yards. The one opportunity he had. He happened to be a senior, goes to the Senior Bowl. So there, there were a bunch of guys at the Senior Bowl that were there because of circumstance. Jaden Reed transferred, all these guys. So it just, some years, the Senior Bowl just happens to to uh, attract uh, you know, a, 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 a swath of receivers that all exceed expectations. And the crazy part is, the crazy part is, that's without Zay Flowers going. Because Zay Flowers went to the Shrine Bowl for no reason, right? He just was like, I'm going to go to the Shrine Bowl, and I'm going to be a man among boys at the Shrine Bowl for a day or two, and I'm going to leave. And so that was a great decision by him. Got him drafted in the first round. Uh, but he could have easily gone to the Senior Bowl. Probably should have. It would have been nice. And then it would then it just would have blown the doors off of every other Senior Bowl wide receiver class ever. Yes. But this is all to say Trey, Pal Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer. Now, I'll get you out of here, and I got to go. Bold prediction for 2024. Oh, man, man, man. And I know this is coming. This is my fourth year doing this with you at the same time. You know this is coming at the show. And yet I sat back and I was like, how bold do I want to get? How bold do I want to go? Because the take that I'm thinking of, Matt, I mean, it's, it's bold beyond epic proportion because it was so damn bad last year. Egregious. Last year, egregious decision by the team, egregious decision by fantasy gamers to draft this player where we did, yet I believe it can't get any worse than it did for this team and for this player in 2024 as it did in 2023. And I'm talking about the reigning number one overall pick in the NFL draft of 2023, the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young. I believe... From my heart of hearts, with the defense that they have, with the bodies that they have at running back, and what I'm going to just give them the, 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 the benefit of the doubt 
that it can't get worse from a coaching standpoint and put your players in situations. I think with Dave Canales in the cap space, the Carolina Panthers are going to rebuild this team. They're going to rebuild this team. And in a division that is not quite competitive, I think we're going to look up at the end of the season and Bryce Young, will he will never get to the level of where C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson are valued, but he will rehabilitate his dynasty value in 2024. There will be a free agent wide receiver plus a rookie that land in that situation that performed to the level that Adam Thielen did and probably a little bit more. And Adam Thielen for the first part of the fantasy season was very good for us. But I think the Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young, Dave Canales, they turn that thing, I'm not going to say around, but they turn it 45 degrees. And there will be plenty of fantasy usable assets on that team. I think we're due for some good regression for Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers in 24. Here it is. Look at this. Giddy up, baby. <laughs> How you been? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm feeling good. Life is good. It's good, man. I'm happy to be here. This is like the fourth year, fifth year we've done this. I mean, it's like riding a bike with you, Matt. Yeah, I used to start like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And I, I, I know, I know that's the whole. I'm not doing it. You know, what I mean, I was just, I was too excited. It's been two months. Two months I've been off from doing this uh you know did a did a show with jason in uh, mid-december maybe six weeks We're doing some top 10 takeaways some wake and takes here and there but uh i've been away and yesterday i got i got an email that was begging begging me to do another show where have you been <laughs> right what is the mind of mansion off the air is it canceled are you coming back what's what's happening and I was like, oh, interesting. Right about the day before the triumphant return with Ray Garvin, I'm starting to get the emails. Like, hello, <laughs> hello, anybody out there? And it's like, yeah, we had the Super Bowl, the Senior Bowl, and everyone was settled in now. And now it's really, we're, we're getting into, you know, rookie talk, right? And uh, it's all rookie all the time, right? Do you think about any players other than rookies right now? Oh, man, it's rookie season. You know what it is. It's all rookies all the time. Uh, we'll, we'll worry about the old guys later. We'll worry about the old guys later. There's too much ambiguity in this class. There's too much good shit in this class to be thinking about anything other than the 24 class. Think it's a good class? I do. I really do. I, I think it's a, I do think it's a good class, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. There, there are no quote-unquote generational players, or at least running backs, in this class, and I hope we will stop using that term from here on out moving forward. But it's a good class because the NFL is going to replenish a lot of positions that we need in fantasy, and they're going to do it for cheap. And I think the reason why people are so down on this class, Matt, is because there isn't a clear-cut running back, a clear-cut quarterback, and people really don't know what to do. They don't. We haven't been in this position in fantasy in a while. Think about the last couple of years. You knew who the top running back was, the receivers, Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson. We knew these things. This year, shit, man, it can go it can go a lot of different directions, but I do think this class is good overall, and it's going to serve a purpose for fantasy football, and we'll talk about that. I've got some theory and some thought around that. 
Right. It's it's a good wide receiver class. Last time I checked, that's what the dynasty gamers are all about now. That we're we're post running back. I thought we were post running back. The fact that there's not a Bijan Robinson in this class, I why is that a big deal? I thought who cares about running backs? What happened? You could go you could go trade for Saquon Barkley right now. Go go. And he's about to land on a new team. Which you, you kind of like, you know, a whole rebirth. Why don't you go do that? If you really want a stud running back, I can give you a hundredth percentile athleticism across the board. Uh, the best college running back of all time, and just in terms of the advanced metrics, the tackle breaking, the elusiveness, the breakaway runs. That was Saquon Barkley at Penn State. He's still operating at full capacity in the NFL. He's not that used up, right? He's still a, a fairly lightly used race car at this point. He's missed enough games, and he's young enough. So it, it, why? You, why, why? Why do you need... You know, the you know, five or six stud running backs in a class to call it a good class. This is a great class. I like this class. I don't know why people are so down on it. When you say you're so down on it, it makes no sense to me. I'm not on Twitter enough anymore to even process that remark. It's lazy. I think, I think it's flat out lazy because there is no... And I think it's this, Matt. We're talking about the wide receiver resurgence and the death of the running back, but I do believe that at the core of a lot of people, and they may never admit it, everybody wants a running back. You feel a little queasy. I don't care how dead the position is. You feel a little queasy if it's Devin Singletary and James Conner in your backfield. You don't feel great about looking at that. And I think most people... Well, Devin Singletary and James Conner. I mean. Most people, they want Brees Hall. They want a B. John Robinson. They want Kenneth Walker to be a thing. I think most people at the core still are searching for the next big thing at the running back position, even though we know the position has been devalued. The NFL has told us this. The NFL continues to tell us this every single year. I don't want Devin Singer. They don't give a shit. I'm just telling y'all right now. They don't care. They are a dime a dozen. A dime a dozen. So outside of the value that they provide your roster, be careful. And I'm, I, I warned people it is last year, Matt, with B. John Robinson. I warned folks. Mm -hmm. And I think that 2023 broke the spirit of people in fantasy. I think it broke people. I think the fact that these running backs weren't there at the end of the season, Derrick Henry was supposed to smash in week 17, Bijan was going to put up LaDainian Tomlinson numbers in year one, I think it broke the spirit of fantasy gamers. They... It broke folks this past season. I The running back position broke people's spirits in 23. Unless they loaded up on Gibbs. If they were big Gibbs stands, then they were happy. Otherwise, no. You're right. You're right. You're like me. Roshan Johnson not seizing that job and running with it at some point, that broke me. But that did. That did. Because I have a book. right? The Dynasty Dominator book. right? And it talks about why you... you you're actually better off drafting a running back early in dynasty, a young stud running back early in dynasty than you are in seasonal leagues. And I still stand by that. It's still true. I'm more likely to draft a Bijan Robinson in a dynasty league than I am in a seasonal league. Like last year, when you saw Bijan Robinson going at the 105, 106 in seasonal leagues redraft, I was like, what? This is crazy. But like, you're taking Bijan 101, I'm like, yeah, man. Or taking him in the first round of a startup. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about that. So looking at these rookies, 
we are going to talk a lot of rookie today, but a little bit later in the show, we're going to. We're, so what we're going to do is we're going to start with a rookie question or rookie questions, few, and then we're going to we have a few veteran questions because there are actual super productive players. Most of the fantasy points that are scored in 2024 are going to be by non-rookies. I know it's crazy. I know it's nuts. It's wild. But it's true. It's true. So we, we got to talk about some of those players, and we will, right? Uh, but we, we have to start the show to hook the people, right? We have to we have to hook the people with, with some actual rookie questions. I have one particular rookie question, uh, but I but we have to I want to I want to do uh, I want to I want to I want to start the show in a in a in a sort of a formal way because so we do have a formal I'm I'm trying to remember how the hell to do the show. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how, I do. how does it work again? How do we? What do we do? What what happens when the guest comes on? <laughs> is there a sound that we do? We have a is there music that plays? And then, and how do we introduce them? Yes, I. It's all coming back to me. And I think if you listen closely, I think if you, I think if you listen closely, you can hear what's happening, right? The the man, Ray Garvin, coming on the show. We get with a proper introduction, right? I mean, this guy. We go way back. This Ray Garvin. Yes, let's go. Welcome to the Mind of Mansion program. We need to talk about Ray Garvin, and I need to get in this voice. I need to do this voice, this voice, this big voice. It was second to the damn moon landing? It's not like I'm rooting for an injury. Nothing bad happened to him necessarily, except professionally he's going to lose opportunities. I agree with you. I am fine victory lapping the hell out of that situation. Got shot in the ass two, three times and came back in four weeks and played football. Vote Franklin Polk. Jalen Polk is a damn dog. Red balls that they could pull out of the bag here. It's not a hard concept. Kamani Vidal Sassoon, too soon. He's shampoo smooth. The Brian Robinson of wide receivers. Oh, why did you put that in my head? You like that? Yes. 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 They're in the chat! Yes. That's like me saying that JJ McCarthy's better than Brock Purdy, which I accidentally did, but it was it was I was more trying to prove a point. He's incredible. Dylan Lob. Lob. Lob it up. He's Brian Robinson. There's no comp. He's B Rob. Brees Hall has the league by the balls. There's no comp. And if they're going to be drafting the 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 best wide receiver from the Senior Bowl, it's going to have to be Lad McConkie. It wasn't because he's white. Either way, it works. That's a good fit. Love it. Yeah. By the way, it was definitely because he's white. 